Hi, I'm Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album four, side one, track three, love song. Are you wasting my time? Are you just being kind? Uh, Two legends, (laughs) uh, emerging legends, uh, team up for a dynamic love song called Love Song. Love song, and but it's not a love song that I want to sing. Really, you don't no, like this? No, no. Actually, I love the song. That's what she yeah. says. Yeah. Um, no, I actually love this song, even though I think it's not a great song. I love it. When I was listening to it, getting ready for this episode, I was like, "This song is kind of wonderful. It's so weird." Yeah. And um, and there, you know. And it sounds so like Prince at that time, you know, and yet her voice sounds kind of like wonderful. He captures this really interesting part of her voice in it often, Mm. you know, a lot of that kind of where she's really reaching sound, especially at the end. And Mm. I think it's pretty cool. What do you think? Um, I I love it because it's not what everyone expected. I mean, when you hear Madonna and Prince are teaming up to record together, you think they're going to make some crazy sex-drenched anthem and or some kind of like amazing um, confectionery pop song, which I think they probably could do in their sleep. I mean, really, I, I think that at this era, the two of them could make something really like commercial and fabulous. And instead they make this really cool, weird, Baroque track. It's odd. It's strange. It's very idiosyncratic. And it is. Um, it reminds, I mean, it sounds like an, it sounds like the Black Album or it sounds like. Yeah, a B side. Right. Totally. Weird, weird music. Um, it uh, was recorded uh, first in March of 1988. One of the great things, everybody, about uh, Prince fans, they are um, remarkably accurate and keep total accurate files of every single recording session. It's incredible. So there's resources all over the line. So they they got together in March of 1988 to record bass stuff together in, in at Paisley Park in Minneapolis. And then they went back and forth. Madonna did some recording in September of 1988 and then sent it to Prince and Prince finished up his contribution in November of 19. So it's almost a whole year of them with this song. So she went out to Minneapolis and she hated it. She was like, it's cold. He's super isolated. She talks a lot about how isolated he is and how Mm -hmm. she she says the same thing about Michael Jackson later too. She's like, if they just got out of the house and talked to people, they would, their work would be even more interesting or they'd be more interesting artists. So she kind of jived with him, but she didn't. She said they made a lot of starts of things and that they didn't finish anything. But then that he came to see her, this cracks me up, that he came to see her and speed the plow. And he came backstage with a tape he made of a rough cut of Love Song and said, I think this is kind of good. This could be a song we can work on. And then... And then she, she started to do like to... prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, what I and that sounds so Prince and Madonna. I mean, I feel like 
it's a lot of flirting, a lot of innuendo, but there's no consummation. The, the two voices in this song go round and round. And yes. they almost, it's almost like they, I always imagined as a kid, Madonna and Prince singing this song together on their King and, or Prince and Queen tour that they proposed in the early aughts, the mid aughts. The tour. Like, yeah, where it's like, we're going to go on tour together. I'm like, who's opening for who on that show? And, um, but I always imagined them like, like barely touching, like circling each other all the time and never quite touching or anything. And there's this kind of weird androgyny to their voices, both of them. Um, and I, what I find so interesting is that when they do sing together, it's almost their voices don't fit. They don't sound good together. Are you wasting my time? just Oh no, baby. My love is in blind. Are you wasting my time? Are you just I think you're absolutely right. It's clear that this was like a remote song. They, even when they were in the same room, they weren't really in the same room. I think that's kind of what I always get from the song is that, yeah, maybe given some time and space and some good drugs or whatever that they would have like really, you know, rolled their sleeves up. But I think that Prince is like more of an artist than Madonna in the sense of like, he just wants to be in the studio and make stuff and she needs to be highly organized, you know? Yeah. I think they were just it's so not, not going to lay around and do nothing no. for hours and then all of a sudden a riff appears and that's- Or, the- or give in to his- his world, meaning like all the other duets that he had done up to this point were like obviously Prince, complete Prince songs. Like, yeah, um, you got the look. Um, both of the Sheila E. Love Bazaar and Erotic City, both yeah. of those are like highlights for me and my all time favorite song duet that he ever made. Um, Take Me With You, like that. Yeah. Those are obviously the Prince songs that yeah. he that that the 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 vocalists in that who duetted, you know, were on part of the duet are are surrendering to his world and Madonna doesn't surrender to anybody's world. And first of all, has Madonna really blended with anybody? Like I think about all of her duets and I think to my, cause she hasn't done that many do du- like duets where it's her and another singer. I mean, I, I know there's the Ricky Martin, du- that is as traditional a duet as I think she really does. Babyface is really a backup vocalist on Take a Bow. Um, and other, when other voices appear on her songs, they're usually like, like the rappers in in Give Me All Your Lovin' or like Michelle and Deggio Cello. And like, they're not, they're not with, they're kind of, again, they're circling Madonna. And I even think of that weird song Sing that Annie Lennox put on her record where it's all those women and Madonna like, you know, took a took a verse by herself yeah. and just said, "I'm taking this," and but nobody else really sings with her, and I don't think she's on the rest of it. And they, they feel like two freaks coming together, two <laughs> freaky, unique people who don't blend coming yeah. together to try and create something. Yeah, and I think I think that's exactly right. I think that she's afraid of being in a studio with somebody else, at least at this point, you know, because. Yeah of her own insecurities about her voice or the way that she gets to the sound that she gets to, it's hard for her to give up that control. 
you know? Yeah. But um, I also think, I think her being, um, I think she was probably really excited to do it with him. And I, I think it was probably exciting to be with Prince and, and to have that kind of collective energy, but neither one really wants to go to the line. Like they both step to the, to the line in the middle and then yep. never quite go over the line. Well, that is what the song is about too. Yeah. I mean, it is sort of, you know, form and function are like coming together, like a form and content, you know, it's like, are you wasting my time? Are they wasting each other's time or are they just being kind? I think it's kind of interesting that whole, and they, they've had a strange relationship over, they had Always. a strange relationship all through their time. Yeah. You know, in another interview that I found about um, when she talks about recording this album uh, and this song, she talks about going to eat with him and that she decided that she wasn't sure she totally liked, that she was like, he watched me eat, but he just had a cup of tea and she was so annoyed by him and suspicious. She said, I'm always suspicious of people that don't eat. Well, and and there's another interview around this time where she talks about how um, she regards him as they're on the same level and that she they're equals and that she's going to push him just as much as she, he's going to push her. And she found that really interesting. And um, I find it really interesting that she saw it as an opportunity for him <laughs> to, to work right. with her. Well, and kind of like, and at this time, it's kind of interesting because who really needed it at, in 1988, 89? Who needed it more? And I really think Madonna needed it to kind of like, yeah, I kind mean, of legitimize her, her non pop trickseedness. Totally. I mean, I it's mean, a, it's a really interesting move for her. It's, it's a weird, it's a strange move for Prince, but Prince was also in this era, like, where the next thing he puts out is the Batman soundtrack. So he's in a really weird moment. You know, I don't think it's that about need, but he was in a sort of poppy moment that was different than like the last few years before that, where he had done like Under the Cherry Moon and Sign of the Times, which were really albums without any, or Parade, which were really all albums that were without any sense of like, I don't, you know, of trying to, commodify himself. You know yeah. what I mean? And yet they um, were really successful. I mean, Sign of the Times yeah. is a huge successful record. And I think, you know, he had shelved at this point, he had, he was shelving the Black Album. He wasn't going to put out the Black Album. And then he kind of emerges from this weird kind of experimental period with the with something, probably one of his most commercial efforts, which is the Batman soundtrack and, and Bat Dance. And um, which I heard incessantly, incessantly, the summer of 1989. Oh yes. my God. What a fun song. I love that. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Oh, I got a live one here. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, but I, I love this song because of its it's 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 also got kind of a literary bend. The the project was called uh, Daisy Miller, um, named after the Henry James novel, and uh, and I kind of love the kind of like highfalutin quality that Madonna clearly wants to do a good job, and Prince is kind of not letting it happen. And I, <laughs> well, he didn't want to do all the work or maybe it just wasn't, it just didn't really jive, but that was the closest it got. I, I will say that as the song heats up, as it gets closer to the end, I enjoy the song more and more. Um, there's one part where she's like, um, 
mean what you say, say what you feel. Um, and then she says, don't fog my mind. But mm-hmm. when I was little, I was certain she said, don't fuck my mind. Mm. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, she's just saying don't fog my mind, which is more literary and I like it better. Um, I love the lyric. I love the lyric about time goes by so slowly for those who wait and those who run. Cause I always think of Madonna running. Seems like seems to have all the fun. So, I mean, can we just jump ahead to 2006 and hung up? Those are the same lyrics. Yeah. I didn't even realize that until you just said it. Yep. She was referencing herself. And and uh, and love song. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and this is the thing about that where it places on the record. I think a lot of what we're going to talk about on Like a Prayer is kind of the genius of the way it's constructed as a whole. This is like, so the big hits have kind of come and now we're settling into this. We're supposed to kind of settle into the record and this song does not settle you. It's so disjointed and there, there are these 180 flips she's doing. So she's done this epic pop song, then this like almost you know, funky empowerment anthem. And now she's doing this like experimental um, yeah. love song very androgynously. I mean, I, I remember being so titillated by the, by the gender disparity and not quite to my young ears, not quite knowing who was singing when until near the end when she starts to really belt. Yeah, And that to me was just so delicious and naughty and, it it ironically it does give the the song a purple hue. I always have thought of it as kind of this purpley song because of Prince. It was such a massive left turn after the first two songs, which felt like they were building to something else. I mean, I don't know what the third song would have been if I was thinking about it. Like, oh, it'd be like a a really straight down the middle power ballad, you know. Mm. But we have but it also allows the album then to say for us as the audience listening and also for her to be like, I can go wherever I want now. Yeah. You know? Um and that agency is so powerful, you know, and that it's with this uh, other icon that sort of, you know, she at this time period between 88, 89, 90, sort of made sure she was seen with the two other major you know, stars of the time, Prince and Michael Jackson. And actually she's somewhere in between the two, you know, she, she, mm. she kind of is the perfect third in that trio. Do you think she ever went to New Jersey and had steak with Bruce Springsteen or something? Cause I always think of him as like the four of them or the four. No. And interestingly, I don't know that they ever, I'm sure that they've met each other in passing, but I can't yeah. even imagine what they would have to talk about. I know. The well, people the, always say know, she's so, yeah. working class. They talk True. about being working class. You know, years later, it always surprised me that um, when uh, John Cougar Mellencamp released that song, Wild Night, with mm-hmm. Michelle Nicaticello, he said, um, you know, that whole album and that song in particular were inspired by Madonna because he had seen Madonna and said, you know, your rhythms on your albums are so good. Who does them? And I think she was like, oh, I have these, I think she mentioned Junior and somebody else. And I think they all are part of that album that he made. So it is interesting that, you know, in the industry, she 
was friends with a lot of these people who we wouldn't have expected, you know? Yeah. Her yeah. and Sting, we know, have a long friendship too. Um, anyway, um, I just wanted to highlight those last 20 seconds of the song where she goes into that higher register. Yeah. And it's sort of like a lot of the instrumentation falls back. And it's so beautiful. Like it, her voice is just amazing there. It's such a great ending to the song. Um, how adventurous she's being, and and it and it feels like all the all the rule the rule book is ripped up and out the window, and yes. uh, and she's going to go where she wants to go. Yes, they never did this live. <laughs> they never performed live together. They never performed live. They never did this song live. Um, there's a lot of songs on this record that that never get done, and. Sometimes I think that's a good thing, and other times I'm kind of like, what would that have looked like in 19? Like, you know, on the American Music Awards, Madonna and Prince. I would have loved to have seen that, but it may have gotten boring. Yeah, yeah. Till next time. Bye. Bye.